Hello and welcome to The Shadow from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Government forecasts indicate that homeowners may face another winter of shortages of all types of fuel for home heating. You're fortunate if you heat with coal because you're liable to eat and you're able to store fuel. Call your blue coal dealer tomorrow and place your order so we can schedule early delivery. Make sure that you order the right size for your furnace. And if you're not sure what it should be, ask your blue coal dealer. He'll be glad to inspect your heat plant and may be able to make other recommendations, too, that will help you get more heat and to burn less fuel. Tomorrow, first thing, call the nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to schedule your supply of blue coal for early delivery. <laughs> The shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Curse of the Gypsies. For a dozen years, the old Stanfield mansion has been locked tight. Creepers have overgrown the walls. Dead branches scratched at the windows. And now, on a windswept night, three people, the least king, the Stanfield heiress, her husband, Stefan King, and the nurse are coming home. Stefan unlocks the door. And three walk into the long, deserted house. See, Ellie, nothing here but dusty and the musty smell of an old house. No gypsy curses, no ghosts, no... Oh, I'm just closing the door, Mrs. King. I'll light a candle. Let there be light, huh? And the pair will end. There. No. No, it's worse now. Shadow is running everywhere. Oh, you're overwrought, my darling, and fine. Get you to bed. Kick my arm in the chair. Step on. Whose room am I to sleep in? Your mother's. Well, she was brought up. After that accident? No. No, I won't go up there. Control yourself, Elise. Hunt of his fears. Realize it's just only in your mind. Stefan. What was that? I didn't hear anything. 
Tell you from father's room. Mrs. Jane, please. What did it again? It's father. Still in there after all these years. Stop talking nonsense, Elise. Your father was given a decent burial. You saw him in the grave, yes, sir? No, he's come back. <laughs> you must hear that stuff on. Oh, tell me you hear it. I hear a noise of some kind. Probably a tree outside the window. But we'll soon find out. Oh, no. Right now. Opening the door to your father's room. I'll hold the candle up. Elizabeth, what is it? A man. Hey, you by the neck. Sir, I don't see anything. You know, Mr. King, I don't see anything. It was good of you and Miss Lane to come down so quickly, Mr. Franklin. Frankly, I'm very so I gathered from your telegram, Mr. King. You also made you something about a gifted case. It's sounded extraordinary. It's even more sinister than you think, Miss Lane. It's already accounted for the lives of two people. My wife, father, and mother. Now I'm afraid that Elisa's life is threatened. Those are started at the beginning. Now yeah. well, that's just back a good many years. When George stands here, Elisa's father is a young man who fell violently in love with a gifted girl. Eventually, he tired of and cast her off to marry Elisa's mother. Oh, dear, romantic and sour. Mm, very sour, I'm afraid, Miss Lane. The gypsy girl became crazed with grief and took her own life. But not before she had put a curse on George Stanfield and his family. Curse? What was the nature of this malady? That all three of the Stanfields, father, mother, and daughter, should die by violent death, Mr. Fenton. Oh, horrible. So far, it worked out to the letter. Elisa's mother was killed in... And Elisa's father? Death by hanging in this very house. Apparently suicide. Yet he had no reason for being away with himself. He left no suicide note. See, there was another suspicious circumstance surrounding his death. The gypsies were encamped across the hill. They make their winter headquarters here this year, Mr. Oh. And they're back now. In that case, it seems a little strange you brought your wife back to this environment, Mr. King. I did it deliberately on good medical advice. I wanted to prove to Lee that there was no basis for neurotic fear to develop. At least, that's what I thought to do. I see. And what happened in the meantime? Well, the first night we arrived, she saw, or thought she saw, the body of a man hanging in her father's room, or all in her mind, of course. But, but it wasn't all in my mind. <coughs> Elise. There was somebody in that room. Uh, Alicia, please. I have proof now. I went back to that room. I forced myself to go back in. I was so sure of what I'd seen. Uh, you, you were very brave. Now, uh, let me introduce our guest. Miss oh. Lane and Mr. Cranston, my wife. How do you do? Mm -hmm. Have you found something in your father's room? Yes, Mr. Cranston. I picked this up from the floor. Well, it is. Goodness. It must have been lying there unnoticed ever since the house was locked up. I doubt it, Mr. King. It was tarnished in that time. You mean... You're brightly polished. It not have been dropped there more than four days ago. And somebody's been playing tricks on my wife. <laughs> we'll know more about that, Mrs. King, when Margaret and I visited their camp. Well, Mr. King, there's no trouble finding the one gypsy with the missing earring. Perhaps. Unless we get help from the gypsy fortune teller. <laughs> Thank you.
How is she? Asleep now. There's a hypodermic. You ought to have done that before she started wandering around the house. She almost upset the apple cart in front of Clint. But you're blaming me. I'm not blaming any. You know, the night was pretty. That's your doing, Stefan. I was all against getting that detective down here. It's, it's insane. We have to have someone to testify that Elise was going off her head. A nice old lady would have done just as well. That wasn't good enough for you. Oh, no, you had to have the great Cranston to match with. with. Up. Now he's got that earring, and Lord knows what he'll find out at the gypsy camp. Hardly enough to hang us both. Shut up. I won't shut up. It's my neck as well as yours. And if you think I'm going to risk it because of your crazy vanity. Oh, I don't like you, Vanessa. I don't like you, too. That's more like the girl, are you? You really know that? Of course. Then why do we have to go through with this? Why can't you divorce, Elise? And lose a fortune? Oh, no, God. I've learned to enjoy money too much to get along with us. Aren't you forgetting, dear? It won't be anything that's unpleasant, right? Just the suicide of a mentally deranged girl. That French priest had to prove anything different. So, you have found a gypsy earring, Mr. Cranston. And you are very concerned over who might have lost it, huh? You take me for a fool? Why, Jesus? I've had experience of your kind. Sneaking outsiders only mean one thing to gypsy. Trouble. There'll be more trouble if you refuse to give me information. And a murder takes place at the Stanfield Mansion. Thanks. Then it is true. Just as the car came, the said, come back. Really? The gypsy girl, George Stanfield, drove crazy 30 years ago. He swore she would come back from the grave to destroy him and his dear wife. But that's in part. Was it? Remember, she came back twice before. And each time it was in the car. Look, I deal them out you can see for yourself. There. He is guiding my friend. A black end. Always by the queen. It is first in death, I tell you. To see. To be seen. Back from the grave. But... Take it easy, lady. <laughs> you live longer. Come in, Grandino. I was hoping you would drop around. I got some extra special customers tonight. Miss Lane and Mr. Crumpton, the detectives. You don't say. <laughs> Any little murders you once solved, Mr. Crumpton? That's your specialty, Grandino? Sure. I know all about them because I commit them. <laughs> Tuesday is my murder day. The rest of the week I'm drumming up the season. Which were you doing four nights ago in the old Stanfield Mansion? Huh? I noticed your right ear is pierced. Here's the earring you left behind you. Why are you? Oh, and I've got a gun. Who's having it Take it easy, Mr. Sun. Relax. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you live longer. I'm still waiting for my answer, Grandino. What are you doing at the Stanfield, please? I have told you, Mr. Cranston, it was Ruby, the ghost of the poor child. I know the ghost could give me a window getter. Well, if Grandino has nothing to say, we'll take it up with the police. 
<laughs> You're funny, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> Very funny. Like you think so. I usually play for the last laugh. Tell him, Mark. That was the mixed up in it. Is that the way Gary suddenly changed character when I mentioned the Stanfield mansion? Yes. I'm a weird old fortune telling you. My hunch is she was trying to protect someone. I don't even enough. She's in the shadow of the wagon. So we're not going to play? No, I just threatened that to put the pressure on Grandino. Just begin to make the next move. Look, there he goes now. He's in great drunk. Yeah. Apparently in a great hurry to get someplace. Between the power, Margaret, be careful. Remember, he's got a knife. More than likely, he knows how to throw it. <laughs>
Call at your nearest new pole dealer and ask him to demonstrate the temp master in your home. There is no charge or obligation. Your blue coal dealer is listed in the classified section of the telephone directory. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont and Margot, in search of the truth about a strange gypsy curse, have extricated themselves from the swamp into which they were led by the gypsy Grandino and are now entering the Sandfield Mansion. The king. The king. I hardly expected it, Margot. My guess is he's out there working a fist with Grandino. Almost certainly. First job is to get a lease out of this house and to safety. After that, we can complete our case against the other two. Let me see. Is it the room? Yes, it is, Anthony. There's something holding the door. Maybe at least there's a chair up there. I feel like it. Yeah, now we can get through. It's so dark. Just a minute. Here's a stick. The Lord. That's what was holding the door. What is on earth? The knife. Dino's knife by the looks of it. Look at the room all thrown up since there's been a struggle. Dino must have come in for a lease and the knife died descending here. Anyway, this is gone now. It's been carried out through this open window. Yes, it's dead on the knife. Come on, Margot. All we can do is follow. I'll go first. Careful, darling. I'll give you a hand down. Here I come. We'll try the garage first. See if the car is gone. What was that? Over there, it's Mr. Queen. I can hurt him off. That dark on his forehead. Mr. Queen, you hear me? Oh, Mr. Cranston, help me. There you are. What happened, Mr. Queen? I heard a noise and tried to not to investigate, but there's a scream for the leak of them. I ran up to the window and. Alice is gone. What? Oh, they're taken. Uh, Imagine, Mr. Queen. Margot and I are going after Alice now. Come on, darling. Forget this, Mr. Cranston. Forget this. Here now, what happened? Whatever day Mr. King was playing with Grandino is that side. Grandino must have kidnapped the least probably for ransom. Probably taking her back to the gypsy camp. So, <coughs> Margaret, there's only one person who can tell us for sure. Gertha, the fortune teller. Yes. She's going to get a visitor she didn't foresee in the car. The shadow. <laughs> Why did you bring me down to the wine cellar, Grandino? I wanted to drive a talk with you, Mr. King. Well? Five thousand is not enough, Mr. King. But that was our bargain. Now Grandino is changing the bargain. <laughs> Five grand was all right when I was just playing tricks on your wife, like uh, pretending to hang myself. And unless you made a vest, dropping your earrings. But now I've gone on to bigger stuff. I've become an, uh, an artist, you might say. The Botticelli of the Black Duck. But uh, a beautiful wound to have on your forehead. You didn't have to hit me so hard. You almost broke my skull. <laughs> <laughs> it made a monkey out of Cranston. <laughs> he's upsetting me now, looking for your wife. And all the time she's lying here doped in the wine cellar. <laughs> yes, Mr. King. That ought to be worth a lot of money to you. How much do you want? Twenty-five grand. You can afford it. So be a rich man soon. 
<laughs> a fortune worth yourself. Left by your poor dead wife. Uh, uh, I'll give it to That's the wine? Yeah. <laughs> Makes you thirsty looking at these big bats. <laughs> and the success. Mud in your eye, Mr. King. <laughs> ah, good job. Mr. King, thought it over. Twenty-five grand. Oh, yes. Yes, I come to the conclusion, Randy, no? Uh, you would need that, Mr. King. <laughs> You're funny, Mr. King. <laughs> You're exhausted. <laughs> In fact, uh, very soon now, you won't need any money at all. <laughs> very soon. What? What did you put in that? What did you It worked fast. Uh, you should have stuck to your blackjack, Grandino, and left blackmail alone. <laughs> You're funny. Very funny. You'll get a gypsy burial, Grandino. Your body in a swamp. And then, I'll be ready for you. With the cars, they pay me nothing. No faces come up on the numbers, numbers, numbers. Because your days are numbered, Jetta. Who's there? This is the shadow, Jetta. <laughs> I hear a voice from nowhere. Shadow is right here, right here beside you. What do you want with me? Where is Elise King? I don't know. She was taken from the house. Her husband was not unconscious. What's this one? What's that one? Where is this one? very concerned about Mr. Kinger. Uh, I, I, I believe I understand. Uh, I don't suppose you feel as affectionate towards Grandino? No, I always say to him. He was always snooping around my wagon, trying to find out things. What thing? Uh, Your eyes get up. He was curious about my little boy, the child I adopted long ago. I see. So you raised an adopted child, Jenna. That must have taken money. Where did you raise it? I had a rich admirer once. He was generous. I think I can guess his name. George Stanfield. But this locket around your neck should prove it. There. Shadow. He's a bastard. Not till I've read the inscription. My beloved Ruby. Shadow. So that's it. You're a crazy girl who was supposed to have died of heartbreak. The gypsy girl who cursed the Stanfield family. No, no. But you lived on to take your revenge, didn't you, Gerta? Or should I call you Ruby? Listen to me. I have a time for that now. Your son must be stopped before he commits his last crime. You will be too late. The last of the Stanfields must die tonight. The cars say so. But the shadow says no. <laughs> I have a surprise for you, Yeah. I found him when I was exploring up here this afternoon. In this old time. Do you recognize it? My wedding day. Yeah. Let me place it around this thing. Oh, no. Don't. You must have been. Remember how happy you were that day? So happy. Perhaps you put the dress on again. That happiness would come back. Everything that has happened since will disappear like a bad dream. Oh, if it only would. Yeah. Look how prettily it fits the costume. Oh, you're so kind, Stefan. 
Take my hand and step up to the altar. Up to the altar? You remember the scent of the flowers and the organ playing softly in the background? Oh, yes. Yes, And do you remember the present I gave you that day? Oh. Close your eyes, my dear, and I'll put them on again. A rope of pearls about your neck. Oh, yes. You feel them touching your throat? Oh, but... Yes, Feels like a rope. Oh, Rosalie. Oh, my neck. Goodbye, Elise. Last of the Feels you're going to... is out of our mind. No one will have to, Stefan. You yourself are going to write a free and open confession. Are you mad? No, but her lease is. And she's coming through now. Huh. You'll find out. by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The names, characters, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the T.L.N.W. Coal Company, distributors of Blue Coal. The Mark Manson is played by Brett Morris. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer, Andre Baruch. Remember, it's Blue Coal for finest heating service. It's Blue Coal for finest modern equipment. It's Blue Coal for the best home heat money can buy. Friends, partially handicapped workers are often better workers. Your local public employment office lists many workers who are not handicapped for your business, who are more careful, more reliable, more conscientious. Yes, it's good business to hire the handicapped. This is the mutual broadcasting system.